Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. And if uh, if we're not, there's a recording that will be posted, mm-hmm. of course, every Monday. So, yes. Good. All right. Well, thanks for coming back with us this week on the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. And this is Christy. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Christy is a certified laser tech. She's delivered laser treatments for a long time. And uh, though she currently is not active with doing that, she is a big part of our LTI team with putting together all of our online course content for education services, which we are the only independent producer of laser therapy training Mm -hmm. for class four devices for medical providers. So if you have a class four therapy device in your office, you don't know quite how to maximize your use of it, or you want to know better what you can do with it, get a hold of us. We will be able to help you out. Today, this is us helping you out. We are going to be talking about how to put together protocols for treating neuropathy pain. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be going back to the research for this. And let me just give you the uh, the bottom line up front here. If you want to be great with neuropathy pain, uh, you want LTI protocols. So mm-hmm. get a hold of us. We'll help you out with getting you the right protocols, making sure you have the right equipment set up as well so that you can just kind of skip the whole trying to invent it for yourself piece. Um, that saves a lot of time. It does. Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of frustration for mm-hmm. sure. We can just hand you the protocols that we know work that are not only based on research like we're going to talk about mm-hmm. today, Mm-hmm. but also based on what we have seen work clinically. Correct. We've seen countless success stories. Yes. So this is, this is going to start from the platform of we know that laser therapy, photobiomodulation as it's termed, mm-hmm. is a non-invasive way to deliver light energy to the tissues and stimulate repair and reduction of pain. And we know that it works for neuropathy. That's just a Pretty, that's really a settled idea at this point. We don't need more research really to tell us that it works. More is always better, but we're not at the point where we're waiting for research to show us if it works or not. We know that it works. Mm-hmm. But what does that really mean when you're in practice? How do you really deliver these treatments in a way that they work for patients, in a way that uh, are, is very simple and straightforward for you as a clinician and for your staff as well? How do you make sure that you're using the right settings on your laser? How do you make sure you're treating people often enough? What, is, what does that really look like? So we're going to look at some research today that talk about the parameters and the protocols for treating neuropathy. This is not a complete picture, but this is a part of the picture. Again, if you want the complete picture and you don't want to do this research work yourself, just let us know and we'll uh, we'll hook you up. But if you're looking to find out more, especially about the uh, the way that this works with nerves and why protocols are set up the way they are, this is a really neat window into how this works on a cellular basis. So before we get going into the study, there's a few terms that people need to know mm-hmm. that, Christy, you already are very, very familiar with. But one of those terms is power. Right. And power is how much light is being produced by your laser or LED device, by the photobiomodulation device you're using. Um, 
But it is just one factor in a sea of many factors. Right. So power, essentially think about it as the brightness of the light. If you've got a flashlight, the higher the power, the brighter the light is. Mm -hmm. Lasers are the same way. Right. Another factor here is spot size, meaning how densely focused the laser is. Is it on a very, very tiny spot, like a laser pointer? Or is it a large diffuse spot, uh, like a floodlight? Which... Um, floodlights, maybe not the best term. We're not really talking about you know, diffused light, even with a laser. But you know, how focused does that cone stay? How, how broader big of a surface? Spot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. surface area. And then the next term from those two is irradiance. Mm-hmm. And irradiance refers to how many photons are hitting, how dense those are hitting uh, within a spot. So think about this: if you take a really bright flashlight and you focus it down to a very small spot. It's very intense, right? Mm-hmm. That's a high irradiance. But if you take that same flashlight, same power, and you let that beam diffuse to a very large spot, it's less intense, mm-hmm. right? So that right. is a lower irradiance. Mm-hmm. Same power, different spot size, which means lower irradiance. Right. Another way to lower the irradiance is to just lower your power mm-hmm. uh, and keep the spot size the same. Right. Yes. You just need to which way in which how to use yes. it. Yes, that is the question. Essentially, uh, how much power do I use? That's when we get all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, most people don't know enough to say, what irradiance do I use? But essentially, that's where we're going here is, you know, what kind of power do I need? And how much irradiance do I need? And then the spot size has to become a factor here, too. You can take a very, very low power laser and focus it very intensely in a very small spot. And your irradiance is going to be very high, just in a very focal area. Mm-hmm. But if you take a very powerful laser and apply it to a large spot, you can get the same irradiance out of that. So when we, we break down lasers into class 4 and class 3, that's really just danger to the eyes. It doesn't really change the mechanisms as to where this works. Just a class 4 laser, you can treat larger areas right. quicker, essentially. Right. I just going to say it's a broader area. Right. Yeah. But it comes back to the spot size. So mm-hmm. think about that. If you're looking at selecting laser equipment, you don't have to have a class 3 unit to be safe. You can have a class 4 unit and never worry about burns. We've right. delivered how many? 50, 60, 70,000 treatments just in this clinic and never had right. any safety incidences with no. even the highest power lasers that are on the market. Right. 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 Um, and a lot of that comes down to the spot size. So that's just a quick little side tour into power and intensity or radiance and then spot size those are three uh, connected factors here that you've got to understand if you're going to be selecting the right laser for Mm -hmm. one but then also putting together the right neuropathy protocols right and again you've done that for people right if they want to just tap into what's already been created but knowing how it works Mm -hmm. is is critical as well yeah, it's, it's good to have a little bit of background information. If, if this is really not your forte, you don't really want to get into this, though, but you want to use your laser well, just let us hand you protocols and you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the study that we're pulling information from today was published back in 2017 in Lasers and Surgery and Medicine, and the title is The Mechanistic Basis for Photobiomodulation Therapy of Neuropathic Pain by Near-Infrared Laser Light. And this is probably a good time to say, you know, it's not just any laser that can perform photobiomodulation. Uh, You've got to have the right color of light. And near-infrared light is important. We're not talking far-infrared like CO2 lasers. Mm -hmm. Those are more surgical lasers. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about 750 or 
760 nanometer like alexandrite lasers. Um, they're just not in that the right window. But lasers that produce light in the near infrared range in the 800 mm -hmm. to about 1100 nanometers seem to have a very good effect on stimulating changes within these cells. Right. And that's what we're looking at when it comes to photobiomodulation. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're listening to this and you've been doing laser therapy for a while, a lot of that is maybe very plain to you. But realize there's a lot of people out there who don't know the basics of light therapy and how it works and, right. and you do need to know these basics so you can understand the more complicated how to put together a protocol mm -hmm. right so um in this study they it's an animal study okay and we'll talk about what that means for the results here in a little bit mm -hmm. but with an animal study there's there's a few different factors to be aware of but we can learn so much more about the actual cellular effects right, right. we can't really cut people apart after we laser them no 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 and animals are much smaller, and so you just have to take that into account. Yes. But the principles are the same. The principles, in most cases, are very similar or, or are the same. Exactly. So um, this study starts out by saying, you know, although self, several pharmacologic agents have been used to treat neuropathic pain, the reported outcomes have been poor, with less than half of the patients reporting satisfactory relief of their symptoms. So that means that half the people that get drugs for their neuropathy pain will just not still they won't be satisfied with the outcomes and that doesn't mean mm -hmm. they're not any better mm -hmm. but they may only be say 20 percent better right you know um and and there's side effects of course to be aware of mm -hmm. but in a lot of cases you end up being not happy on the medications that are given out for nerve pain mm -hmm. they're, they're not they're not a cure-all for sure no they're more of a just help the symptom or help the have a cover it up is right. that more of what that does it doesn't help heal it doesn't help regenerate the tissue yes yes so. it just helps to reduce the intensity of the pain and you have to be on it for forever mm -hmm. you know if you're gonna if you're gonna reduce the intensity of pain and um yeah we, we've got uh patients all the time who are on drugs like gabapentin mm -hmm. and, and others for nerve pain and right. it may be helping but they're still in here to get treatment because it is not enough Right. They still can't sleep at night. They still right. can't walk around Costco during the day or wherever mm -hmm. they want to go, you know, mm -hmm. um, just for basics, you know, going to get groceries. Right. So in a lot of cases, right. drugs can be helpful, but they are oftentimes not a satisfactory level of results for neuro neuropathy pain. Mm -hmm. Now, it isn't kind of a part where I think we should pause for a second and say the, the group of researchers who did this study mm -hmm. are the same ones who did the study that we did a while back, that we covered a while back, not that we did, but that we covered a while back, mm -hmm. um, where they ranked laser equivalent with lidocaine and radiofrequency nerve blocks. Okay. All right, so you can go back and look at that one, but they said uh, in this study, they said, recently we completed a pilot clinical study for treatment of low back pain that compared lidocaine injection, rate of frequency, and photobiomodulation with um, higher radiance influence. And the data showed that the photobiomodulation therapy applied to the dorsal root ganglia of the second lumbar spinal nerve decreased low back pain within five minutes. And that was comparable with lidocaine injection without some of the side effects. And actually, that turned out with some really surprisingly good results in favor of laser therapy. Mm -hmm. I won't dig into that one anymore, but if you want to go back uh, to the laser nerve blocks episode that we did, mm -hmm. check that out. It's pretty interesting about what they were able to gain right. uh, with laser nerve block. Right. So same group of researchers, and, and what they um, what they were trying to do is develop this new study 
uh, on animal study to better understand the mechanistic basis underlying photoneuromodulation of the neuropathic low back pain. So they said, okay, that worked well. Let's try and learn more about nerve pain and how that works on an animal study mm-hmm. um, in a way that we can play with the irradiance, especially, Mm -hmm. to determine what's happening in these cells. So they say that photobiomodulation can act in part by causing an anti-inflammatory effect on the target tissue, right? We've heard that a Mm -hmm. number of times, but Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of the well-understood mechanism here. And so that means that it has promise as an effective treatment for neuropathic pain associated with inflammation. And inflammation is a big key part of neuropathic pain, especially in diabetics. Right. So they say that it's important to note that photobiomodulation can alter microglial phenotypes from pro-inflammatory to anti-inflammatory across the M1, M2 spectrum in a dose-dependent manner. To translate that, what that means is that you can use different doses of light therapy to change from pro-inflammatory to anti-inflammatory. So you can stimulate repair through Mm -hmm. inflammatory mechanisms. You can also stimulate reduction of pain through anti-inflammatory mechanisms. You can do the same thing in a different dose of but light. But it's all with light. It's all with light. That's exactly. what's amazing. Exactly. So what these guys did, they went ahead and looked at the in vitro and in vivo side mm-hmm. of this. So they used, they used uh, cells in a dish and they used actual whole animals, live animals, and they uh, instituted a nerve injury in these animals and in the, the rats that they were using. Um, and then they used different intensities, mm-hmm. different irradiances of light therapy to study what really happens in the cells when they apply laser therapy both to the, the body, the live, live rat, as well as to the cells in the dish. Um, and what they did when they were applying it to the, to the rat I'll show you this picture, and then I'll show the camera too. But Mm -hmm. they started on the spinal cord Mm -hmm. up around L1, and they went all the way down through the L4, L5 area, and then they followed the sciatic nerve all the way down to that hind paw. So if we're going to translate that to humans, it means they started up about, again, L1 or so, traveled all the way down through the low back, then down along the sciatic nerve, and then down the entire length of the leg, out through the foot. And if you look at that, diagram there it's pretty obvious kind of what they did they went all along the length of the involved nerve roots and the peripheral nerve itself so not just down in the area where there's pain on the foot but from right? the top down or exactly from the beginning of the nerve all the way down exactly because that's a long nerve it is a long nerve <laughs> yep it is a long nerve in a rat it's pretty short well (laughs) true you know but uh, but no it is there's a lot of length of nerve tissue that needs to be covered there Mm -hmm. and in a human that's longer but that means you've got a very large area to treat right if you're going to replicate kind of what these guys did Mm -hmm. okay they use different intensities of light to stimulate different effects and so with a higher dose a higher irradiance what they notice is that varicosities and undulations formed in the in vitro neurites of DRG neurons, and that means that it changed the way that these these nerves transmitted the perception of proprioception, vibration, and two-point tactile discrimination. The interesting thing here is you hear varicosities, and that sounds like a poor, a, a negative change, 
mm-hmm. and the nerve itself, but they say that varicosity formations in dendrites are actually neuroprotective. Uh, that's they, they form when there are breakage of the microtubules, and that disrupts axonal flow and mitochondrial function and impairs nerve conduction and central and signal transduction. Now that all sounds very destructive. It does. And in this case, where we're going to focus really on the impairing nerve conduction piece, because that is what lidocaine does. That is what any of these deadening agents do. They impair nerve conduction in a temporary fashion, but Mm -hmm. that's where you get some of the pain reduction. I was going to say pain relief. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's not just about reducing inflammation or stimulating repair. That is a piece, but these authors are talking about actually impairing nerve transmission in order to reduce pain as well as the repair side of things so both and yes nice yes mm-hmm. i'm gonna skip some more of the more technical side that's as technical as i'll get with you today um and i'm gonna jump to the conclusion because this is where the payoff really is if you're looking at doing this in clinic they say that there are two methods that can be used to modulate neuropathic pain based on the irradiance levels of near-infrared light at the level of the target tissue. Not at the skin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But especially if you're talking about working over the spine, you're mm-hmm. trying to target down at the target tissues. You have to right. be thinking about that. Not just the dose or the irradiance at the skin, but down at the nerve itself. Mm-hmm. They say the first of these methods can use low irradiance in the range of 10 to 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared and that will cause a decrease in pain response by altering the chronic inflammation and decreasing mechanical allodynia. Now that's that's in the very low range and that's not your power, okay? That's we're right. still talking irradiance here. Mm-hmm. You can accomplish this low irradiation even with a high power laser if you have a large spot size. Okay. So between 10 and 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Right? That is the repair mechanism. That is where your repair happens, and over time, you get pain reduction and function improvement. Mm -hmm. But the second method they talk about utilizes irradiances in a range from 250 milliwatts per centimeter squared to 1.73 watts per centimeter squared, and that will suppress conduction velocity or at least reduce the amplitude of the action potentials and rapidly blocks pain transmissions. That is due to that alteration of the neuronal microtubules, as we just talked about. And they say, again, like I already said, it's important to note that to transcutaneously deliver these irradiance levels at the target tissue, you have to start with a much higher level at the surface of the skin. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you're not, you're not going to be cutting into your patients and, no. and sticking the laser on the nerve. You're going over the skin, mm-hmm. completely non-invasively and safely, but you're going to mm-hmm. have to use a higher irradiance mm-hmm. at the skin because it fades away the deeper you go. Right. Right? Right. So what they propose from all that information is that a combination therapy approach may result in improved clinical outcomes for treating neuropathic pain by involving the initial use of a high irradiance treatment to block pain transmission, Mm -hmm. followed up by a series of low irradiance treatments along the course of the involved nerve to alter the chronic pathology and inflammation. So... Block the pain mm-hmm. and stimulate repair. Right. To do that, you've got to have a high irradiance mm-hmm. initially and followed by lower irradiance doses. Now, if you have a very small spot size laser, 
and you're trying to do what these guys did on you know on maybe the human side, or you know maybe you're working with uh, I don't know, rats that have neuropathy pain. <laughs> maybe that's your thing. If you're on the veterinary side, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe so. But if you're going to translate to something like these guys did where they worked from the lower back all the way down the sciatic nerve, all the way down the leg, and out through the foot and the toes, that is a lot of ground to cover if you have a very small spot size. Right. Right? If you have a, you know, a spot size that is a lot of times one centimeter, mm-hmm. one centimeter across, that's very, very small. Trying to track along that nerve is very difficult. There's variations mm-hmm. in where the nerve actually lies. Right. Trying to travel along that whole length of that nerve from where it starts in the spine all the way down the leg is going to be very, very difficult. It's going to be very, very time consuming if you have a low power laser with a very small spot size. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the big reasons that we recommend here at LTI that clinicians use a high power laser with a larger spot size because Mm -hmm. you can get the treatment done very, very quickly. Now you talked about two parts to it. Are these done at the same time? Do you bring the patient in to do one and then come have them come back and do the, the second piece or is it done at the same time? That's, that's a very good question. And the answer is yes. And sometimes and always. Okay. Very <laughs> so, clear. Very clear. Very clear. This is, this is why this trips clinicians mm-hmm. up. So if you're mm-hmm. having questions about how to really leverage your laser for neuropathy pain, that's okay. You should be having questions. It's not a clear cut uh, issue. You don't just turn it on, point it at the at the spot that hurts, and then hope for the best. Right. Yeah. Right. So to try and get you a little more of an of an actual answer to what you said there, Christy, you can do both mechanisms in one single treatment session, mm-hmm. but you're going to need a series of sessions mm-hmm. because if you just do method one, if you mm-hmm. just try to block. Excuse me, that'd be method two as they, as they presented it. But right. where you try to just block the transmission of pain. Mm-hmm. That's not going to have lasting effects. Right. You're going to have a short-term, excellent reduction of pain, and then the patient's pain will be right back again. Like lidocaine. Like lidocaine. It's, it's just very temporary. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get that pain reduction and have some long-term effect, you have to pair those two. And so that's why some of the protocols we use with uh, our LTI neuropathy protocols will have a very high, high dose, very high irradiance mm-hmm. along the nerve to help block transmission. But even within the same treatment, we may do a lower intensity as well. So we can stimulate both mechanisms. Right. We also have different treatments that have standalone low intensity. Mm-hmm. So you can really, really uh, push that repair process. And we have others that are very high intensity just so you can bring that pain down. Mm-hmm. There's also differences with how the nerves react based on wavelength. Mm-hmm. Now, the researchers in this study used at 808 nanometer wavelength, okay. which is very, very common right. in that 800 to 810, that's mm-hmm. 815 or so. It's all about the same in that wavelength mm-hmm. up to about 830. Um, and, and that's a very deep penetrating beam, but we know that different wavelengths can have different effects right. uh, on the tissues. And so in a lot of cases, we'll recommend that our clinics use a multi-wavelength device Mm -hmm. that is very high power because you have options. You can change the wavelengths you're using. You can change the intensity of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that is an important piece in making sure that all of your patients get well, not just some of them, but all of them get better Right. in the 90 plus percent range. Mm -hmm. But it is gonna be a series of treatments. You're gonna have to kind of mix and match some of this blocking and stimulating 
uh, irradiance. And then a lot of people don't even know how to calculate the irradiance that their dose produces. Right. Right. Um, again, here at LTI, we've already done that work for you. Our protocols are based on research studies like these mm -hmm. and then proven in clinical practice. And we help our doctors know which ones to use at which point in time. Right. Uh, we actually have, I don't, I don't remember how many, five, six, six mm -hmm. different protocols with six different settings right. that our clinicians can use on a daily basis with their patients for neuropathy pain, both in the legs and in the arms. Mm -hmm. And if you get those protocols, you know, understand how to use them, you're going to have very, very good success. If you're working up your own, I'd encourage you to look at studies like this. You're, mm -hmm. It's going to take some legwork. But you can look at studies like this and start doing some testing. Understand, though, if you've got a low-power laser, these treatments are incredibly long. Right. We used to do treatments that would take over 30 minutes to yes. produce, and that was with a class 4 unit. Right. Right? Right. So when it comes to selecting the right laser, selecting the right protocols, it takes either a lot of legwork or it takes some help. We're happy to do the help mm -hmm. side of it and assist you with being successful for your patients and improving them their neuropathy pain, improving mm -hmm. their nerve function. It's an important thing to do because those people are not getting, most of them at least, are not getting good relief mm -hmm. with pain medications. Right, right. You know, I heard a phrase recently, success leaves clues. Well, we've had success. We're obviously giving the clues away, you know, in a sense. Exactly. So... Yeah, and really the, the biggest reason we can't just give these protocols out is because they have a lot of training that goes along with them to know how right. to use them. And it is, to some degree, clinic dependent, and mm -hmm. it is uh, machine dependent. Right. And we can support several different devices at this point. So if you're not sure if you're if we're maybe able to help you, if you're mm -hmm. not sure if uh, we, we have a way that we can enhance what you're doing with laser therapy, maybe you're not even sure that you want to do laser therapy, get a hold of us. We'll be happy to chat with you right. about how this might or might not fit with your practice, right. how we can assist, um, and also keep listening to the podcast. Exactly. And we'll make that study available um, on the recording. Absolutely. Yeah, yep, we'll you'll be sure able to look at available. that study uh, yourself if you'd like to. In the meantime, thanks very much for joining us. If you'd like to see more about laser therapy, laser therapy research, you can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Mm -hmm. There are tons of free resources there for clinicians. Right. You can also sign up for our mailing list. We send out mm -hmm. emails every week about new research and podcasts and ways to help your patients learn more about light and laser therapies. Exactly. Thank Sounds you. good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.